It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the NBA fanatic, the NBA guru, Jay Smooth. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Smooth underscore 702. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Smooth, here we go. NBA Wednesday. Before we go ahead and start on Wednesday stuff, I do want to go ahead and talk a little bit about what happened on Tuesday. Uh, a lot of games moved that had some, I guess you could say, playoff implications. Uh, there are some some injuries that we should probably go over as well. Uh, but before we go in and we get into all that, uh, if you guys haven't found bettingpredators.com right now for the rest of the regular season, just 99 cents. You guys will get DFS plays every day, player prop plays every day, and our player props are, are actually kicking butt right now. I uh, had one losing day. That was our first day, and we ripped off seven straight winning days. Uh, right now, we're right around plus 13 units, so you guys are getting, you know, four, five, six, seven player props every day to go ahead, dive into, make some money, and then after the regular season, uh, you guys can go ahead and purchase our playoff package for just $49.99. Uh, we're getting a lot of people on board, a lot of positive feedback. Uh, haven't had anybody, haven't had anybody yell at us yet, Smooth because we've been actually producing some pretty good results. So uh, we'll go ahead. We'll try to keep that going. But why don't we jump into the card here? It's move for Wednesday. We got, eh, it looks like about six games right now. Why don't we go ahead and talk about, why don't we go ahead and start with the Wizards and, and the Hawks? Atlanta's are going to be minus seven here. They're going to be at home. This is one of those quick flip around games where the Wizards just played the Hawks uh, a couple days ago there. Total on this one, super duper high smooth. 240. How are you feeling about the Wizards and Hawks going into that one? Back on the 10th, the Wizards was getting about eight. Um, the line adjusted a little bit right now, uh, moved it down to seven towards the in the Wizards' favor. And I thought that the Wizards would have a little bit of a problem scoring the basketball with Bradley Beal, you know, missing, you know, these two games, uh, re-aggravating that hamstring um, against, the, against the Pacers in their game before they played the Hawks. But, you know, with the pace that the Wizards play at and, you know, they do have some some capable guys of putting the ball in the bucket, you know, alongside, you know, Russell Westbrook, who, you know, just broke the record for, you know, most triple doubles in the career. And that was, you know, that's a remarkable uh, stat that a lot of people thought would never be broken, including myself. And then here comes Westbrook. But a stat in that game that was, you know, just about maybe equally not as equally impressive, but uh, impressive in my eyes, was he got 21 assists and Bradley Beal didn't play. And Bradley Beal's the leading scorer of the team. And Bradley Beal's also in the in the scoring title race with Steph Curry. They're both averaging about 31 points a game. Uh, percentage point here or there, uh, Steph's in the lead now. is probably going to win that with Beal missing you know these games coming down the stretch. But to get 21 assists, with that guy out of the lineup, um, it just speaks to how impressive Westbrook is, man. And um, their team isn't really, you know, that great of a three-point shooting team collectively. I think they're bottom 10 or worse than that. And for him to lead the league in assists by at least, you know, two more assists than who's second and to, um, you know, average 15, 16, 17 assists over the last week or so and getting 20 assists a game, you know, he's just – you got to stop. T- I think you got to stop talking about him as just being, you know, athletic and playing hard, you know, which is hard in itself to do at his level. But you got to start praising him for, 
you know, his playmaking ability and, you know, creating easy opportunities for his teammates for them to just put the ball in the bucket. But, you know, just getting back a little bit to the game, um, I think they, you know, they don't really have a problem scoring the basketball, you know, with Bill out, you know, putting up 124 and a shot to win it late with the Westbrook three, you know, coming down to those last few seconds. So um, they did have a little bit of a hiccup in that middle third quarter when they went down by like 15 or 17. But I think Westbrook might, you know, get a little bit more aggressive scoring the basketball so they don't have to climb out of that, you know, bigger hole again. And, you know, to be close and tight, you know, the whole way through. Ozmaker's obviously thinking it's going to be another high-scoring game with the total set at what it's at. So, you know, I'll grab the Wizards again, you know, catching seven points and probably probably pull off the uh, the outright win here. You know, they just need one more win to solidify a spot in the play-in with the Bulls losing, you know, losing tonight against the Nets. So I think they're going to be extra motivated to get at least one more win to lock up that spot as well. You know, when you brought up, Beal and Curry with the scoring title, I was thinking, I'm like, well, the fact that Beal's not playing, that actually helps him because he can't go down. And then the fact that Curry went out tonight and he had to play, you know, he needed like one of those bad type of games from Curry in order to go ahead and make, make that margin even closer. I believe it's, I believe both of them are at what? 31.5 for Beal and 31.9, I think for Curry. But Curry only had 21 points tonight, so that's going to shrink up. And the fact that Beal's not playing tomorrow, um, his lead's not going to shrink up. Um, you know, it's not going to get any worse, the fact that he's not playing. Um, I don't know if it will get – it won't get better, but it, it, it certainly won't get worse. So um, that'll actually be quite interesting to see, you know, what Curry does in the next game because if he doesn't get to like 30, you know, 31, 32 points, he's going to end up dropping down. Uh, even more so that might actually come down to you know the last game of the season uh, for the scoring title that'll be pretty interesting I don't have much of an opinion in this one smooth uh, Atlanta's just a team that I really just haven't messed with you know all season long bet some player props on Trey Young a few times this year he let me down was uh you know betting him in like you know threes made thinking he'd go out and shoot a bunch of threes and make them all and I just never just seemed to cash so it was one of those things where Atlanta was just hard for me to figure out uh, offensively, defensively, and then the fact that they just had like a bunch of mouths to feed for me. Um, I just felt like I could just never really get, you know, get a grip on that particular team. But the fact that, you know, the Wizards do have motivation here, you know, getting seven points, that line actually opened up at six and a half on FanDuel, has gone up to seven. So, you know, seven points, that's quite a bit, you know, for a team that needs to win. Now, let's talk about another team that kind of needs to win. I want to talk about the Spurs and the Nets here, Smooth. Nets are going to be laying four points. San Antonio is in kind of an interesting spot here where, you know, they sit in a 10th seed right now, but if they win this game, they're going to knock out New Orleans and they're going to knock out the Kings. And we know the Nets are on a back-to-back and the Spurs were just white hot the other night where they put up, you know, it was like 146 points against the Bucks. Did not matter which player touched the ball for San Antonio. When they shot it, it was going in. That team played outstanding. And I think they probably come back here and play really well again. And if they can go into, you know, this particular game, you know, with kind of maybe like the same game plan, same mojo, same type of everything, you know, against this Nets team, I don't see any reason why they can't win. I would sprinkle maybe a little bit on the money line here and get that at plus 150 with the Spurs. But I figure why not do, you know, why not go ahead and, put, and grab the four points? Uh, this game could be really close. 
but the Spurs have a ton of motivation here, and I don't think that the Nets do. Kyrie Irving right now banged up a little bit. He got smacked in the face or whatever the case might be. Uh, he got tested for a concussion. No concussion for Kyrie, but I think this is something that you and I had talked about, you know, maybe a month ago or something like that, the minute that James Harden got out. I said, you know what's move? This team, they don't want to show the three guys on the floor. I think that's pretty evident. And I said, when, when Harden comes back, more than likely look for KD or Kyrie, one of those guys to sit. So the fact that Harden might come back tomorrow and the fact that Kyrie's messed up, I have a feeling we don't see Kyrie tomorrow. I think we see Harden. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Nets actually lose this game outright. And then it's like, oh, no, what's going on with Brooklyn again? I could just see it in the news already. Uh, I'm trying to read through my crystal ball here. But I'll make a long story short move. I'll go ahead. I'll take the Spurs. I'll take the plus the four points. I think if they win this game, uh, they're going to put themselves right in the play-in, and they're going to knock out the Pelicans and the Kings. And then they won't have nothing really to worry about because I'm not necessarily sure uh, if they're going to be able to go ahead and jump into that nine seed. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Spurs plus the four. I'll sprinkle a little bit on the money line. How are you feeling about that game? You got any thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, one of the things that you have to take in consideration at this point in the season is, you know, team's motivational factor, you know, to, to go out there and play hard and win these games. And when you're looking at the Nets right now, um, with, them, with them, you know, trying to win a game this late this year in this year, you know, it's not going to help improve much. You know, they did. We're in the we're in the race for getting the getting the one seed, you know, with the Sixers. But with them losing some games over the last couple of weeks or so, they're more than likely going to finish second or third. You know, a flip flop with the Bucks there, so um, they don't have any motivational factors to go out there to try to get a win. The Spurs obviously do. Um, with what you already mentioned, you know, they get a win, they knock out two teams that's trying to, you know, battle right behind them for a play-in spot with the Pelicans and Kings. And I just think that you know the Spurs, they have a you know their tradition and history is, you know, they don't really miss the playoffs that many, you know, too much. Um, just the last few years that they did. Um, it wasn't because of, you know, not having any talent on the roster. It's just a lot of those guys were young uh, between DeJounte Murray and Lonnie Walker um, and Keldon Johnson. And, you know, those guys are a little bit older now. They've been working a lot harder. Um, and, you know, I think them getting in the playing situation with an opportunity to get into the playoffs, you know, they want to have something to show for that hard work and, and paying off. They also have a underrated player to my eyes in DeMar DeRozan, Everybody knows he's a great scorer, but, you know, we were talking before we went on. Um, I didn't realize that he was averaging almost seven assists a game this year. So um, he's just going to show that you don't have to, you know, shoot threes to be effective in this league. You know, somebody of his stature that's a, you know, an all-star, you know, throughout, you know, throughout his career is averaging about 23 points, seven assists and six rebounds, um, you know, going under the radar, going under the radar in San Antonio. So, yeah, I agree with you. I would look to play the Spurs side and even uh, on the money line. Um, they're in a crazy offensive rhythm. I don't expect them to go out and score 145 points again and put up 87 points and a half. But, you know, those type of things tend to carry over, um, you know, from game to game. So, yeah, I agree with you, you know, catching the Spurs with the points and, you know, looking to play them on the money line as well. All right. Well, I'm glad you agree with me on that one. That makes you feel pretty good because I know you've been dialed in and hot. Uh, let's talk about a couple injuries. Why don't we swing back to the Boston game? Um, they're going to play Cleveland. Boston, they'll be 11-point favorites here going on the road in Cleveland. Cleveland absolutely just tanking right now. 
Uh, not a whole lot going right for them. But Boston on Wednesday night, they ended up losing surprisingly. I was actually quite surprised. They played at home. They played Miami. Uh, they lost that game 129-121. But they did get some bad news there. Smooth Jalen Brown's going to end up being out for the season. You know, when you take a look at the Celtics team, you know, with Kemba, Tatum, Brown, you know, that's a dangerous team. I don't think anybody wants to play those boys. But the fact that Brown's out right now, I just I don't know if they even get out of the first round. I think they can, depending on the matchup that they get. But, you know, how far realistically do you think that they can go, you know, without Brown on the squad? Um, I think this is a devastating news uh, for their team, as well as Jalen Brown. You know, he was having a, a breakout year this year, uh, being named an all-star and really being one of those young elite wing, you know, uh, players that plays both ends of the floor. And with what he did for the Celtics, you know, scoring close to 25 points, you know, a, a night and, and uh, guarding the way that he does and being able to knock down the three ball, um, he took a lot of pressure off of Jason Tatum. And with him out for the rest of the season, um, it's going to be a lot on Tatum's shoulder. I, I think it's going to be too much to ask. You know, they do have Kimball Walker. They do have Evan Fournier. But Jason Tatum was already that guy that, you know, I think he, he was there a year earlier, um, a year before Tatum. And, you know, he just got better each and every year. So he was a guy that I think you could rely on the most outside of Tatum. You know, we've seen some flashes from Walker, you know, once he's gotten healthy. But can't really count on him to, you know, stay healthy, you know, throughout the playoffs as they try to, you know, um, land in a, a, a top seeding spot or try to play themselves out of the playing situation. I think it's going to be difficult now, you know, losing these two games to the Heat. Um, Fournier, he's a he's a good player. Uh, Mark is smart as well. But I think with, you know, the responsibilities in the role that, that Brown was already fulfilling to uh, an elite all-star level, I think it's going to be too much of them to ask to uh, try to achieve the goals that they have, you know, when he was, you know, before he went down with his injury. So um, I do think I, I see them now, you know, getting bounced out of that playing spot, you know, if they have to play, um, you know, in that seven through eighth matchup, I, I can see them losing two games and, and missing the playoffs um, at best, you know, I can see them winning the game and, you know, and making it to the first round, but then going out, probably getting swept, you know, playing either, you know, the one seed or two seed. So um, I think, you know, season's pretty much over for Boston right now. They just had too much to overcome before Jalen Brown's injury. And now that he's out, you know, I think it's, you know, too much to ask out of them. That was a team that, that I thought seriously underachieved this entire year. Like when I looked at that roster and I'm just sitting there looking at him, I'm like, you know what? This could potentially be, you know, the best team in the East. And that was before, you know, Harden ended up going you know, to the Nets, but I looked at that team, I'm like, this is a damn good squad, you know, with a pretty good head coach that had, you know, a, a decent bench, you know, they, they dumped a couple guys off the team, I think like Wanamaker took off and, and Olegé took off, but I thought that they, you know, that they, they had a good enough squad, I was actually surprised, you know, that they fell, you know, pretty much like out of the playoffs at one point, and then they had a fight back, but yeah, I don't know, man, I, 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 I could actually see them getting bounced out of the plan too um that that just has to be devastating news and the fact that they lost tonight you just have to wonder you know where their mind's at right now um you know is it could tatum go out there and score 40 or 50 every night um that's just unlikely to probably happen another injury update why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about lebron uh more than likely he's probably going to go ahead and return for the lakers on wednesday 
Lakers right now smoothly in 12 and a half points at home to the Rockets. Lakers went ahead. They pulled out a big win against the Knicks. Give credit to the Knicks going on the road. Uh, long road stand for that team. Pulled out a couple good wins there. But uh, that one came right down to the wire. R.J. Barrett puts up a, a three-point shot. I believe that one was probably partially blocked because there's no way that he would have missed that shot um, that bad. But no LeBron. LeBron will probably be back Wednesday. A.D. looked a little bit banged up to me, smooth. So let's just say A.D. plays tomorrow. Lakers are laying 12.5 with LeBron coming back. You know, how do you feel about, you know, that particular game? Do you even look at the Rockets, or is that just a game where the Rockets just go through the motions, getting ready to go ahead and pack it up for the season? Do they get smashed? You know, what are you thinking about for that one? Um, this would probably be a, the first pass situation for me since we started recording um, these podcasts. Um, just for the simple fact that the Rockets, they're, they're, ready, they're in, you know, one, two, three Cancun mode, and, you know, the Lakers, They've had, you know, some couple of tough games, you know, recently uh, pulling out this win against the Knicks. And then they had a, a tough one against the Suns where they led wire to wire. Um, and then I think they had another one where uh, before that. So, and you know, LeBron's coming back. Um, reports are that he's been looking a lot better since we, the last time we saw him, you know, throughout his workouts. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, AD, you know, somehow, some way, he always tends to get, you know, banged up. Um, so his minutes might be limited. Um, but I do think the Lakers want to try to get some type of minutes together, you know, with LeBron, AD, and Drummond so they can have start building and working on their chemistry together. And you know, as they, you know, uh, you know, lock in a play-in spot and, and uh, move towards the playoffs. So, you know, number's pretty high. Um, if anything, I would try to look to – maybe a, a Taylor Horton Tucker player prop or something like that. You know, Schroeder's going to be out. You've seen Alex Caruso got banged up as well. He didn't return to the game. And, you know, Horton Tucker, he made some nice plays um, down, the, you know, down the stretch of this game against the Knicks. So he would probably be the guy that I would look towards to. Um, haven't looked at anything, you know, yet, but just, you know, given, you know, what, you know, what I have, you know, going into this matchup, that would be something that I would look towards to and I would stay away from any side, you know, in this matchup. You know, as I sit and I start thinking about this game, I'm wondering kind of how it's going to play out. I'm going to say if, if AD plays tomorrow, that may be the best wager in this game because I don't believe the Lakers have any motivation whatsoever to go ahead and run the score up on Houston. But they do want to go ahead and get enough margin, you know, to where they don't have to go out and play their rear ends off in the third and fourth quarter. I would look at maybe the Lakers in the second quarter, and here's why I would say that. Let's say, like, LeBron comes back. Let's say AD's out there. We know AD's a little bit banged up. If you guys watched the game when he played the Knicks tonight, he was clearly not 100%. He was out there grabbing his groin. I mean, he was getting beat up. I mean, he was out there playing his rear end off, diving all over the place. But I figure this way, Smooth. Let's say LeBron plays. Let's say AD plays. We know that the Rockets aren't powerful enough to go ahead and hang with that team. But maybe they are in the first quarter because LeBron might be a little bit rusty. Maybe they don't play AD, you know, more than maybe five, six minutes. Maybe they don't play LeBron more than, you know, five, six minutes or whatever the case might be. Maybe the game's close. But in the second quarter, it's like we need to go into halftime and at least have a little bit of a comfortable somewhat of a lead. Maybe it's by five, six, seven points where it's like, all right, cool. We're not neck and neck. We're not down. But I feel like that second quarter for the Lakers, is where maybe you're going to get, 
you know, the eight minutes out of AD. Maybe you'll get the eight minutes out of LeBron. And maybe they get the first quarter kind of kinks worked out and then the voters running. And obviously we know the Lakers bench is probably deep enough to hang with, you know, the Rockers, Rockets players, which, you know, the Rockets are down to like their third string bench guys. Now um, there's just not a whole lot of, whole lot of players for the Rockets. So tomorrow, not wanting just move the 13 actually on FanDuel. So people are betting the Lakers, but me personally, if I'm, if I'm betting that game, I'm going to look at the Lakers in the second quarter. I think that's the quarter and that's the situation where they could probably go ahead, get a little margin, and uh, go ahead and cash a ticket for it. Uh, what other games we got here? We got the Mavericks and the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans are going to be in trouble. You know what I want to do? I want to talk about that for a second here, Smooth. So the San Antonio Spurs, they tip off tomorrow against the Nets at 8.15. Now the Pelicans, they tip off an hour later at 9.15. Right now, Mavericks are laying nine and a half points to the Pelicans. The Pelicans have been pesky. I bet against them twice. I had a game of year play against them. Did not work out. I lost against the Pelicans two times in a row. I'm not betting Dallas. Dallas was on a back-to-back. They probably should have, you know, had all the motivation in the world to go out and perform. And now you're going to lay nine and a half points to a Pelicans team who, more than likely, they're going to be desperate to go ahead and win because if they lose, they're out. But here's the situation. And this is another kind of a quarter bet that I would take a look at. When the Spurs go into halftime, the Pelicans game is going to be tipping off. But when the Pelicans are at halftime, that Spurs game more than likely is going to be in the fourth quarter. Well, the way the Spurs played the other night and the fact that the Nets are on a back-to-back, there's a likely chance that the Pelicans at halftime might be looking at the Spurs, you know, potentially being up by, you know, 8, 10, 12 points or something like that in the fourth quarter. If that's the case, the Pelicans are going to know that they're already out of the playoffs. And they're going to come out of the locker room absolutely deflated and go, well, what do we have a whole lot to play for? And, and that's something that, that typically happens, you know, in week, you know, week 16, week 17 of the NFL, where if a team wins and the other team knows that they're out, and that's, you know, kind of like the one four o'clock thing. But I think that maybe the Pelicans have a potential chance to go ahead and scoreboard watch here. So, if you know the Spurs are up big in the fourth quarter or they're up by a decent amount and the Pelicans are sitting in the halftime, you might want to consider fading the Pelicans in the third or even the fourth quarter because they're going to know that they're already out. Um, I know guys aren't looking on their phones, but eventually, you know, kind of word gets out, uh, especially if they're flashing the score. So um, that would be one note that I have for that game. I'm not sure what you think about that Pelicans-Mavericks game, uh, Smooth. I'm not – I wouldn't touch – I wouldn't touch Dallas in that many points, not against the Pelicans, because they've just been too pesky uh, for me. But what do you feel about that game? Yeah, I don't have much of an opinion on the side, um, but I would agree with you, like a somewhat of a of a live bet, depending on how you know the how it's being, how the game is being outplayed in the um, the in the Spurs and you know Nets matchup. Uh, I think that's just something that you know is inevitable for you know guys to to scoreboard watch, you know, with so much on the line at this point in the season. But, you know, just talking about the Mavs, you know, I had them tonight, you know, I thought I had a good read on them. You know, they was in a good spot to kind of control their own destiny. They had been playing really well. They were getting the Grizzlies in a pretty bad spot. You know, it was their third game in four nights on the second end of a back-to-back. They were without, you know, some important players in Jonas Valanciunas and, and Jaron Jackson Jr., and, you know, their last 10 games, they've been one of the worst offenses in the league. Then they come over and hit Dallas over the head for 133 points. So um, I would, you know, look to, you know, like you said, you know, just 
see how the game is playing out between the Spurs and the Nets, and depending on how that goes, because I'm like we lean towards the Spurs to to go on and you know win that game, you know, with the motivation on their side. So probably would you know look to live bet you know against the Pelicans if I get involved in this game at all, but. This probably would be another situation where I would pass because not really having a good read on, you know, either one of these teams and Zion being out, Ingram being banged up. Those guys could be in, you know, Cancun mode, Cancun mode too. So it would probably be a pass for me as well, you know, just given the givens. So one injury that we didn't talk about was uh, Porzingis. Did you get any reports on if he's going to play or not? Because I know that he was getting close to coming back and if, you know, if he's not on the floor, then I don't know how the hell you could take Dallas. But maybe if he is, you know, I could understand maybe people trying to go ahead and back Dallas, you know, if he plays. But you got any report on Porzingis as and how what might happen with him? Yeah, on Rotowire, they were expecting him to sit out today and more than likely play tomorrow. Um, but he is dealing well, the injury that he's dealing with, a, a back issue or something like that, he um, – Kind of, they was kind of saying he was putting him on a, on a minutes restriction. So even when he comes back, you know, I don't, I'm not sure how effective he'll be. So, um, but he is, you know, expected to try to give it a go tomorrow. All right, why don't we jump into our last game here? We got the Blazers and the Jazz. Jazz are going to be minus three and a half. This line was just minus four. So money came in here on Portland, and I'm looking at Portland. I'm looking at the schedule. They could lose all three of their next games. So this team's going to come in here max motivated. And the reason they're going to come in max motivated is there's a chance that if they lose their next three games, that they absolutely fall out of the playoffs and end up in the play-in. So they want to avoid that one way or another. I think they're going to come in here max motivated. Then when I look at Utah, you know, a loss here against the Blazers doesn't kill them because they're still going to be one game ahead of the Suns. And then they finish out the year at home. Actually, they'll finish out the year on the road against OKC and Sacramento, two teams that they'll probably easily uh, be able to go ahead and beat. But I know that the but the Jazz will come in here motivated, but I just wonder how motivated they'll be if they're going to be as motivated as the Blazers. And I don't know. I it, It's funny because I, every time I back the Blazers, like I actually think the Blazers are a pretty good team. I think they have, they're have they a well-rounded crew. At least they have the guys out there that can go make things happen. I would look at the Blazers plus the three and a half, or I would maybe look at them on the money line. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of what this line would be with Conley and with Mitchell. I'm just wondering if this would be like one of those eight, nine lines where maybe the line is a little bit too short. I don't know, Smooth. I, you know what? I'll, I'll pass this one. It'll be a slight lean to the Blazers just because of, you know, the daunting schedule that they have that they can't go 0-3. They have to win a game here somewhere, and this might actually be one of their better opportunities. So I don't know what you're thinking about that Blazer, uh, Blazers or Jazz game. Any thoughts on on that one? Uh, I would look to play the Blazers. They have a, a huge advantage in the backcourt, you know, with Conley and Mitchell both being out and Lillard and McCollum you know, obviously both being in and Lillard on the tear, you know, been scoring 30 points, you know, his last five or six games straight and kind of worried about the Jazz a little bit. You know, Conley's out and then, you know, Donovan Mitchell's still out and he's out for the rest of the regular season and hasn't been any type of reports or any type of, 
news on his, you know, progress and how he's looking to, you know, uh, you know, for the playoffs or anything like that. So, you know, typically, you know, this, the team in a spot like this, again, you know, motivation factor on the side of the Blazers trying to avoid that playing spot. Jazz are pretty solidified at either, you know, the number one seed or number two seed um, with, you know, pretty much their starting backcourt out. Um, you know, I have to, you know, I would have to look to uh play the Blazers. I would lean that way. So, um, but yeah, it's like you said, it's tricky because you know they don't play any defense, and you know they took you know Jazz took the uh, Warriors down to the stretch, and Jordan Clarkson came off the bench and hit them for forty. So that's also a possibility as well. So yeah, it's just tough to try to get a get a hold on this one too. But if I had to. If I had a gun to my head and had to go go away, I would have to go with the Blazers. All right. Well, I'm glad you agree with me on that one, too, because if I was going to bet that one, I probably would. And and there's a good chance, you know, because that's one of the late games that I might end up going ahead and, and jumping on the Blazers. Uh, one other thing here, Smooth, let's go ahead and talk about our Coach of the Year thing. This is something that you and I had talked about. I looked at the odds. Uh, I want to say they were yesterday morning or yesterday afternoon. and Monty Williams is now the favorite right around minus 175. And I had thought about it. I'm like, if Thibodeau wins the game tonight when he played the Lakers and the Suns lose, man, that's going to be, that's going to be tricky because, you know, do they give it to Thibodeau if that's the case? Because that was a big game, you know, but TNT game. But the fact that the Suns won and then the fact that, you know, the Knicks lost, and the Knicks don't exactly have an easy schedule. They can end up going from, you know, the sixth seed and and being in the sixth seed when they were, you know, sitting in the fourth seed. So I, I don't know, man. My, and we talked a lot about this, but the way I see it right now, um, it, it, it's pretty much over. I feel like Monty Williams is probably going to be the one to get it. You and I were a little bit on the fence, you know, the last time we talked. The first time we talked – you know, we talked about Doc Rivers. We thought that, you know, there, there was a, a lot of scenarios that would, you know, afford him the opportunity to go ahead and get it. But it seems like right now it's pretty much between Thibodeau, uh, Snyder, who I don't believe is going to get it, and Monte Williams. But I think the fact that, you know, Monte Williams now is the favorite. Suns get a win. Thibodeau drops down. If they finish in the sixth seed, I think you have to look at Phoenix. And there's a potential that, you know, Phoenix could end up, with the one seed, I mean, that that's quite possible. They do have a, a little bit of a tough schedule. they got to play the Spurs in the last two games, and then they play the Blazers in the next one, and we know that the Blazers might be max motivated. But not sure how you feel, but I feel that if we're going to give out anything smooth when it comes to coach year, we do it now, and we just give out Monty Williams, you know, minus the 175, and feel pretty good about it. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, at minus one seventy five, I don't think it's a bad number to lay if you look at compared to you know all the rest of these awards like Rookie of the Year, MVP, uh, Most Improved Player, and Six Man. You know, all those odds are pretty much unplayable at this point if you you know if you haven't played it already. So the most reasonable one out there is Monty Williams at you know for Coach of the Year, and you know they do have you know the the story and the narrative. Um, read an article a few days ago that. You know, the team was pretty motivated um, to get the number one seed. And, you know, that would definitely increase uh, Williams' chances of, of getting coach of the year. You know, they let one get away tonight against the Warriors. But 
And then you just look at, I just seen their faces at the, you know, at the end of the game, they look, you know, pretty disappointed that they let that one get away because they was in control of that game for majority of it. Um, so I think that they're going to, you know, try to finish out this season, you know, strong and get that number one seed also. Um, I don't know it's a long shot, but he's been having some conversations of, you know, moving up the rankings for, you know, uh, MVP in terms of talking to Chris Paul. So I just think that, you know, the where the Suns, you know, were at um, at the beginning of the season, <clears throat> nobody thought that they would, you know, finish with the best record, you know, in the in the league or in the Western Conference. And, you know, now that they have a, a, a legitimate shot to do it with a few games to go, I think they're going to go all out, you know, to try to get that. And if that happens, you know, I do think you see Williams as, you know, the coach of the year. So, yeah, I think those odds are, are reasonable to play. So I would uh, bet it now because it's probably going to keep moving uh, up towards, you know, you know, the end of the regular season. Yeah, you know what? I misspoke. The Suns did lose tonight. It was I was all excited because I had a player prop in there that ended up cashing. I had Chris Paul score twenty points or more. But um, yeah, I think the Knicks' loss is is kind of what what the killer was. But had they won, that's what I was thinking. Um, is that tomorrow? Then you uh, you don't have any idea what what to bet. And I felt like the Knicks kind of that Knicks game tonight against the Lakers kind of might have swung it enough. Uh, for Monty Williams to get it, even even though they lost. Um, so that'll be interesting. We give out a lot of props this year, Smooth. Um, I think we, we probably hit almost every damn prop that we gave out, um, at least, you know, with our, our future stuff. Uh, we were kicking ass with, with a bunch of that stuff. But uh, it seems like if we go through and we look, Smooth and I will probably go ahead and agree uh, on the Spurs is probably going to be our strongest one there. Um, you know, for, for, for tomorrow. And then uh, we'll look at maybe, I, I particularly like that Lakers second quarter. Uh, I think that's a pretty good one. And then, you know, maybe we look at fade in the Pelicans, you know, depending on what the Spurs are doing. So um, that's what we're thinking. Uh, make sure you guys check everything out. Bettingpredators.com, pregame.com. You guys know where to find us uh, on Twitter. At SleepyJ underscore pregame. Smooth underscore 702. And at the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on your Wednesday. Enjoy the games.